Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. Yeah, we're blessed to have uh, the worship team we have. We're so blessed. And thank the Lord for them. Um, they did the best they could with me today, so we appreciate, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, we, uh, we got through it. Hallelujah. Now I get to do the part I can do, or that at least I think I can do. I don't know. <laughs> Take your copy of God's Word. Turn to James chapter 4. James 4. Um, as we uh, begin to think about um, the new year, uh, we are on the last Sunday of 2019. Isn't that incredible to think about? And so as we think about 2020 coming in, you can't help but think about being focused. Every new year affords us another opportunity, doesn't it? It affords us this opportunity to really think about this past year, but it also gives an opportunity to think about the future. You know, think about the next few months that are coming, maybe specifically the next few weeks that are going to hit us. And, you know, I don't know uh, if you're like me, uh, I don't know if you do any goal planning or don't do any goal planning or have ever done any of that kind of thing. And, you know, and I want you to maybe perhaps you have at least done this, right? You thought about January 1st is coming. I'm going to X, <laughs> you know, uh, fat guys like me always say lose weight, you know, or say it in a little better term, go exercise, yeah, maybe perhaps you're here saying, you know what, maybe this next year I'm going to alleviate some debt. Or maybe this year you're going to say the opposite. Maybe this year we're going to save some money. Maybe this year you're saying, you know, I'm going to uh, pay down my mortgage this year, get ready, ready, maybe ready to retire. Uh, maybe you're saying, you know what, this year I want to take a mission trip. I want to get engaged and involved. We hope that's what you're saying anyway because we got some coming up we want you to be engaged in. And so when we think about being focused towards uh, the future, uh, 2020 as it's coming, it affords us that opportunity to sort of, like I said, to look back, to look forward. And so, you know, we don't want to get stuck in the, in the back part though, right? I mean, Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind me, I press forward. Now, it doesn't mean he doesn't know what happened. It doesn't mean he probably hadn't taken an evaluation of his path. Maybe one of the, one of the healthiest things we could do is today or maybe the next couple of days as the holiday hits in for the new year, we can begin to think about this past 2019 and think about not just everything you've been through, right? Because we've all been through a lot. Could, would you just say that? We've all been through a lot, right? I mean, uh, so, you know, we, we can look over those and say, man, I've been through this, 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 health-wise, financial-wise, whatever. But also to just think about, you know, where am I on the spectrum of my Christian maturity? Like, am, am I different at, at December 31st, 2019, in my relationship with Christ than I was on January 1st? Like, how am I growing in Jesus? You know, I mean, that's something we ought to be asking ourselves, right? We, we ought to be saying, am I on this growth curve? Because, listen, it is a curve, right? I understand. Listen, we're, we're you know, maybe, maybe it's more like ups and downs, maybe than a curve. But it's like, you know, we're, 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 we do great and we fall off and then we do great and we fall off. And, you know, but we just want this, this steady climb, right? We just want to, as disciples, as followers of Christ, we want to continue to climb. So as we think about 2020, we think about goal planning, we think about our new year and all these resolutions and things that are made. 
We want to do that because I think it's wise to do that. But the only way you're going to accomplish anything in the new year is with intentionality. You know, I don't know if you know anything about that word, but that word means you have to do something. And that means that you purposefully do something. That is, so you intentionally say, I am going to lose that weight, or I am going to go to the gym. And then you're intentional about doing that. So you build that into your calendar, you build that into your daily habits, and you begin to do those things. And even when, the, when it gets tough, like, you know, when you're 15 days in, and, you know, you, you go to a birthday party, or you, you see, you know, you don't want a one-sixth of a piece of pie. You want, you know, you want more than that. You want a slice of birthday cake, some ice cream. You know, when it's tough, you sort of intentionally say, you know what, I'm not going to do that because it doesn't meet my overall plan or goal. But here's the thing about it is, so many times we think about planning and the future, but we don't do it biblically. So what I want to do this morning is I sort of want to walk us through James 4, and I want us to think about being biblical as we think about planning for the future. Does that sound good? So, you know, with us a little bit here today, uh, hopefully, maybe the new year will look a little different as we think about planning. And, and I'll give you some practical things at the end of the sermon. So think about it in the text of Scripture, James 4. Listen to what James says, beginning verse 13. Come now, he says, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. We'll spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. He says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow... For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, he wraps it up. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it's sin. So I want you to think about planning. So the first question, I was going to ask some questions this morning. So here's the first question I want to ask is this. What are you trying to accomplish and why? When you think about the new year and you think about goal setting or planning or New Year's resolutions, what are you trying to accomplish and why? And that's an important question. We need to ask ourselves that question. Because here's the problem. Look at the text. Come now, verse 13, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go and we're going to do such and such in a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. He says in verse 14, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. So when you begin to think about, you know, what am I trying to accomplish and why am I trying to accomplish anything? Because here in this text, we find just the opposite. We find what they're trying to accomplish and why they're trying to accomplish it. And if you look at the text, notice it says that they try to do that. First of all, they had a self-assertive plan that involved their own travel plans, right? Notice in verse 13, come now, you say today or tomorrow, we'll go to such a city. So they're just saying, we're going to go from place to place. This is our travel plan. It was self-asserted. You know, this was their plan. This is their idea. This is their agenda. They're going to go into such and such a place. So they have a self-assertive travel plans. But not only that, notice they have a a self-assertive time schedule. Notice it says today or tomorrow. So they don't don't know what day they're going to travel out, but here's their plan. Well, whether today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a city. But not only that, but notice they were self-assertive in their travel, self-assertive in their their planning time that they were going to go. But it says also, look what they were going to do. And we're going to spend a year there 
and buy and sell and make a profit. They were self-asserted, listen, in their trade agreements. In other words, here's what they were thinking. We are going to make money. That's what it was about. They were going to make money. So we're going to do all of this. And here's the idea. They were doing that without any consultation with the Lord. They were doing that of their own. They were just making plans and going about their day. And I thought, you know, Lord, how much in my life do I do that? How much of our church life do we do that? We just sort of go with the plan, right? We just sort of go with things. That's what we've done for 30, 40, 50 years. So we just continue to do the same thing we've always done because it's easy, right? It's easy to just let the clock start and just go. It's a little harder to stop and say, you know what, God? We've been doing this for 20 years. Do you really want us to keep doing this? Or God, we're thinking about doing this. Is this really what we need to be doing? Do you get me? You ever think about that in your own life? You think about some things, you say, Lord, do I really need to stay in the job that I'm in? You know, Lord, do I really need to just continue to not serve in the church? Or Lord, do I need to be involved in missions? Lord, do I need to stop doing this? Maybe hanging out with certain friends? You know, we never stop and say, Lord, I just want to evaluate. Just want to say, you know, Lord, instead of me being self-assertive, instead of me just saying, you know, well, here it is, New Year's again, sit down, I'm going to write my top five things, lose weight, get out of debt, you know, maybe strengthen my relationship with my wife and do better with my kids. You know, we, that's how we happenstance do it, don't we? We sort of just jot down those things and we really don't have any rhyme or reason why we're doing it other than we just want to improve ourselves or we want to improve our lifestyle around us. And we never stop to say, Lord, you know, this list, is this really where I need to begin? You know, I think we ought to really get in, in, in time with prayer and with God. And we all say, you know, God, here's my list. What do you think? You ever thought about that? Because here's the problem. The problem is that James is writing to folks who are just doing their own thing. And you know what he says on top of all that? Here's what he says. Look at verse 14. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. The reality is I don't even know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. That's sobering. Think about that. That's sobering. I'll never forget my very first church I pastored. I preached this text on a Sunday morning. And by Sunday afternoon, one of our members was dead. Ed, I don't like being a prophet. <laughs> but he was, he was dead. Serious, man. I'm like, Lord, that's serious business. I mean, that won't set in your mind some truth. And here we make all these plans. We do all these things. And we never stop to say, Lord, what am I doing? So what are we trying to accomplish and why? Are we just living for ourselves? Here's what Paul says we ought to be doing. Colossians chapter 1, verse, uh, excuse me, Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed. So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there ought at least be one parameter, right? Well, one parameter of all I'm doing with my list, I ought to say, well, Lord, is this, you know, first of all, is this all in the name of Jesus? And second of all, is it giving of thanks to you? Is it really going to bring you honor? Is it really going to bring you glory? And so we don't miss it. Paul repeats it in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So when I look at my list and go, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to do better to my, my wife and my kids. And I want, to, I want to be debt free and all these other things. When I look at that list, I go, okay, God, is this honoring to you? Is this going to glorify your name? Listen, I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying, do we really give God the opportunity to look at our list and say, yes, this will or no, it won't. 
Or yes, it will, but here's how you have to do it. And let the Spirit of God speak through the Word of God to maybe tweak your plan a little bit. That's tough, isn't it? See, because here's the bottom line. I wrote the statement down so I wouldn't forget it. As Jesus' followers, we should be advancing the kingdom agenda. Right? So whatever my plan is, whatever I decide to do, whatever focus I may have for 2020, it ought to be about how can I as a Jesus follower expand or advance the kingdom agenda? How can I be about kingdom business? Now don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Because it doesn't mean we don't, don't want to focus on losing weight. But here's how I put it this way. One of the things I've been doing is goal setting this past year. And, and, and really this past couple of weeks, I've really been praying and thinking about this. Is I've had some time alone. And here's some things I sort of thought about. Number one, what about if we want to lose weight? Well, I've asked myself, if I lose weight, what does that mean for the kingdom? Well, perhaps if I lose weight, that'll give me more energy to serve my king. See what I'm saying? That's how we put it in the kingdom perspective. See, it's not just about losing weight. Because here, here's the problem. We all say we're going to lose weight. And then by halfway into the year, we don't. Why? Because we don't attach it to anything but ourselves. We want to make ourselves look good. We make ourselves feel good. Listen, let's attach it to the kingdom. I'm going to lose weight for the glory of God. You say, well, that sounds like you're spiritualizing. I'm not spiritualizing. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm tired a lot. And if I lose weight, guess what? I know that I'll have more energy for the kingdom. I have more energy to prepare. I have more energy to visit. I have more energy to do the other things that I'm all called on to do as a pastor. I have more energy to go on mission. I have more energy. Or think about it this way. What if I lose some debt? What if you lose some debt this year? Maybe you'll be freed up to serve God. Maybe you'll be free up to serve our king. Maybe, maybe you're not able to go on a mystery. You say, oh, I got too much debt. I can't afford to go. Well, maybe you start losing some of that debt. Maybe this year you'll be able to go on a mission trip. Think about that. How can I advance the kingdom of God by getting rid of the debt that I have? Or what about this one? What about being more intentional with your time that you can free up space in your life to serve our king? We're all busy. I get it. I get it. Pastors, we all meet and we talk. We talk about how busy we are. Everybody's busy. Especially if you got kids at home, you're busy. But I wonder if we can reorganize our 2020 focus to say, you know what, I'm going to build time in for serving my God. And so maybe we start cutting out of our calendar the things that really don't matter. Or we start utilizing our time in better ways for the kingdom advancement, for the kingdom of God. So let me ask you again, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And does it advance the kingdom agenda? Is it for God's glory or is it just for yourself? That's tough. That's tough. But hopefully you can see how even losing weight, losing debt can also be about God's kingdom agenda. It could be about serving God. The second thing I want to ask you is this. It's a question that I had to ask myself because we're good about setting plans. Here's what we're bad at. Why are you waiting? Life is short. We're bad about implementation, aren't we? We're bad about the intentional part. You know, this is what I want to do, but then we never get off the ground. We never do what we say we want to do. And you know what? Life is short. Notice what he says in the text. Go back to verse 14. He says, for you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. He says, for what is your life? He says, your life is, he said, it's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. You know, I think, you know, if God allowed me to live to be 100 years old, 
If he just allowed me to live that long, I'm over halfway there. Some of you are a little closer. <laughs> Some of you got a little further to go. But I just thought about that. You know, it's very sobering when I thought, you know, my mom died at 46. I'm 52. We're not promised anything. Mike at the funeral home at Sorrels, he's dead, 57 years old. Y'all, you see it every day in the obituary. We don't know how much time we got. I know that's sobering to think about. I know that's tough to think about. But the reality is, if we don't think about it, we'll never get off the ground. We'll never be intentional about our life. We'll just keep doing the same old things we've done. Year after year after year after year. And we won't make an impact in the kingdom of God. I don't know about you. I want to make an impact. More so now that I'm older than I've ever, ever wanted to make an impact. You know, my prayer has been, God, let my latter years be greater than my younger years. God, use me more now that I'm older than when I was younger. That's why I got to lose weight because if God's going to do that, then this guy has to lose some weight to have energy because I believe he'll answer that prayer. I believe God will do that. And so we got to ask ourselves, what are we waiting for? Life is a flash in the pan. You know, you need to make the impact while you still can. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 90, verse 10 and 12. He says, the days of our lives are 70 years and he said, if by reason of strength, they may be 80. <laughs> so 70, perhaps maybe 80. We've got a lot of 80-year-olds in the room today. Y'all are just blessed by God. You have the strength to be here today. But he says, if by strength, by, by strength they are 80, he said, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off. And we find, so even by living to be 80, it's still short. Amen, 80-year-olds? Amen. Amen. Their voices are weak, but it said amen. <laughs> so as a, as a result, as a result, what do we do? As a result, what do we do? Listen to verse 12. So then teach us, God, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How can I use the days that God has given me for the kingdom? For better, not for worse. For the kingdom advancement, not for my advancement, not for myself. If the reality is true that you and I are going to spend eternity in heaven, then why do I want to spend my earthly time for me? I want to invest in the kingdom. We've heard it said before, the only thing going to heaven is people. Amen? It's only people. Nothing else is going to heaven. You're not going to take the nice car you got, the house you got. You're not going to take the nice job you got. You're not... You're going to take anything, but people are going to be there. So why do we spend all of our time investing in ourselves when we could be investing in a kingdom agenda, which means investing in people, disciples, making disciples, right? That's what we ought to be about. And so when we think about focusing 2020, I want to focus my life because it's short and it's because it's short. I want to be intentional. And so I need to ask myself then, what am I doing and Why? Why am I trying to accomplish what I'm accomplishing? Is it for the kingdom or is it for me? Can I just tell you, most of the time, it's for me. And that's sobering to think about. But as I spent some time alone with the Lord, when I was at the state convention, I had a couple of nights in a hotel room by myself and began this process of praying and looking at my life and looking at my calendar. And then when we were off a mission up at Dearborn, I had a couple of nights to myself again. And I just began to pray and began to pour out. And Lord just began to flood my heart with some verses of scriptures and, and talk to me about, about how we, we waste our lives. And I began to put together a plan for the first time in my life, at 52 years of age, first time as a, 
pastor, as a supposed professional with a professional degree, my first time I laid out some plans for 2020. Isn't that stupid of me to wait so long? But I thought I had it under control, y'all. I thought I had plans and goals and visions and dreams and I thought I had all that stuff that was intentional. I found out, no, I'm not. We're never intentional unless we write it down and stick to it and intentionally put it into practice. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I advancing the kingdom agenda? And then lastly, notice what he says in the text. The, the other question I want to ask is this. Have you consulted the Lord about those plans? Because, you know, I started there. I'm going to end there because listen to what he says in the text. He says in verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Now, can I just stop and pause a minute? Because I want us to not use it as a crutch. Right? We seriously need to pray and ask the Lord what his will is. But, but I'm not going to be in a prayer sequence for 20 years trying to figure out what God's will is. Because the reality is, the great majority of God's will that he has for my life and for your life is written in the word of God. Right? Paul says, it's God's will. Your what? Your sanctification of your body. It's God's will for you to be a disciple who makes disciples. Those are things I don't have to pray about. I don't have to say, well, should I make disciples of other people? Should I go preach the gospel? I don't have to pray about those things. I may pray about who I'm going to, but I don't have to pray about those things. That's God's will. Is it God's will that we be on mission in the world? It is. Right? Acts 1.8. Begin in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outer parts of the world. Is it God's will that our church participate in going to Dearborn? I believe it's already God's will for us. Not just because as your pastor said, that's what we need to be doing. Not because Daniel came back and said, hey, let's go do this. But it's really God's will for us. Why? Because there are lost people who have come to us that we can tell about Jesus. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, think about that. Like immigration, don't like immigration. It really doesn't matter right now. The fact is that they're here. And if they're here, what are you going to do? Get on God's agenda. And I'm going to get on God's agenda to preach the gospel. Amen? That's why the Lord blessed us a few weeks ago. We got to go up to Hamtramck and we got to share the gospel with 135 non-believers in a room. That's pretty incredible. So we don't use it as a crutch. I do want to pray though. I do want to seek the Lord's face. God, my plan, is it your will? God, is it your will that I do X? God, is it, listen, here's been my prayer. Literally, my prayer has been, God, here's my, here's my plan. God, I want to lose weight. God, I, I want to be a better husband to my wife. I want to be a better granddaddy to my grandkids at home. God, I want to do those things, but how does that fit your agenda? How does that fit your agenda? Well, certainly I told you about losing weight, what God has been speaking to me about, what I've been coming to realize. The other thing is about loving my wife. Well, that's supposed to be an example of Jesus loving his church, right? What pastor should not be loving his wife openly so people can see that's what Jesus is like loving his church? Amen? I mean, duh. I mean... That shouldn't be too hard. That should be for all of us husbands, by the way, not just the preacher. You know? So we begin to say, Lord, how do these things, things fit into your agenda? So it's not Mike's plan. It's not my idea. It's not what I want to do. And so we, what we do is this, three things. We determine that his will becomes our will. We say, you know what, God? What you want, that's what I want. So we're talking about that in my Sunday school class today, didn't we, today? Number two... Listen, if he determines my lifespan, certainly I want to use it doing what he wants me to do. Amen? Third, it ought to determine how I act. It ought to determine the fact that I'm intentional with what he's given me. I'm intentional with the will that he's shown me. 
Because, you know, here's the thing. We always want to do these grandiose things for God. Everybody wants to make a splash. Everybody wants to make a big name for the kingdom of God. Let me just tell you something. You're never going to make a splash for the kingdom of God if you can't even obey the little things that God's given you. You're just never going to be able to do that. And how do we know that? Well, because look at the text. It says, they should be asking, but it said they're not doing it. But now you boast in your arrogance, and such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows what's right to do and does it not to him, it is sin. He's saying that here's what's happening. They're ignoring God's will. They're saying, oh, God doesn't really matter. God's going to do my thing. doesn't matter. And that's what we do a lot of times. We just do our thing. We write our list. We do our thing. And, and the reality is, when we ignore God's will, listen, he calls it what it is, evil. He calls it what it is, sin, right? But we avoid those terms in church today. We don't like to hear those terms. We want to hear how pretty we are, how good looking we are, how much money we can have in the bank. We want to hear this wealth, health, prosperity gospel. The reality is, my friends, listen, if you're disobedient or in disobedience, you're in sin. And God ain't going to bless sin. Amen? Not good English, but it preaches. As a matter of fact, listen to what James says in a few verses up, verse 6 in chapter 4. But he gives more grace to the humble. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. God is not going to bless your plan nor my plan if it's not his plan. Amen? Focus 2020. You're saying, that's great, preacher. So how did you go about doing it? Well, let me just give you some advice, practical advice. First of all, here's advice number one. Get alone with God and spend time reading the word and praying. That's the first thing I did. When I got alone with God, for those weeks I, was, I had the opportunity to do that in those hotel rooms by myself, I just began to say, you know, Lord, I really just want to get serious about my life. I want to get serious about being on your agenda and doing what you're calling me to do. And God, in order to do that, I have to be still and know you're God. And I want your word to speak to me. And God began to give me some verses like this one. Proverbs twenty twenty four. Listen to this. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? You, did you hear, let me read that again. Listen to this verse. This is powerful. Proverbs twenty twenty four. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? If God's directing my life, then I ought to be asking him because it says in the second half of that, right? I don't even know my own way. Have you ever stepped into a time of confusion in your life? A lot of times we step into confusion. Guess what? We're taking the helm. We're trying to think we know better than God knows. And it puts us in a state of confusion. Why? Because the Bible says here, a man's steps are of the Lord. God is leading. He's sovereign. He's in control. He is leading us. So how can I even understand my own way? As you spend time with God, he's going to begin to speak. As he speaks, listen, let me give you this word of advice. Write it down. Everything the Lord gives you, write it down. Write it down. Write it down and write it down and write it down. Don't just say, well, I'll remember that. No. When you're in the presence of the Lord, write it down. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If he speaks like he usually does, he's going to flood your heart with the word. Because I believe that God speaks through the word. Amen. I believe the Bible is how God speaks to me. And he gave me a flood of verses, both Old and New Testaments, that helped me to sort of think about this whole idea of how he directs my path and how I don't even understand the way I need to go. I need to rely upon him. That's dependence. 
And then as God speaks, begin to formulate those goals using this method. It's a man-made method, but it's really a good method. It's, it's the SMART method. And here's what SMART stands for. Be specific. Be measurable. You know, all discipleship. Discipleship should be measurable, right? I mean, when we talk about accountability, that's what we mean, really. In discipleship, one-on-one discipleship, we want to be accountable. That is, accountable to each other, accountable to God. There's that accountability. That's measurable, right? Number three, attainable. Attainable. Number four, relevant. Is it relevant? You know, don't just randomly write stuff down. And then the other thing is timely. Is it timely? Are you, is it something that you can say, you know, I'm going to do Listen, it's great to have people have, who has a bucket list? Anybody got a bucket list? Oh, I got a couple people got a bucket list. Yeah, Maria's got a bucket list. You know, at least one, one thing on her list. Top of her list is Costa Rica. She wants to go to Costa Rica. Maybe it'll happen on a 35th wedding anniversary. Who knows? But that's on her bucket list. I don't have a bucket list. You know, uh, if I did, it would definitely not include jumping out of an airplane. I can tell you that right now. Because I think that's moronic. To jump out of a perfectly good airplane is moronic. But anyway, I said it. So anyway, it would not be about jumping out of an airplane. But listen, don't, don't write down your bucket list and say, well, I'm going to do this by the end of next year. Right now, you need to, if you write down your bucket list, you need to say, God, is it your will that I go to Costa Rica? Is it your will that I jump out of an airplane with a parachute? <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So, so, you know, don't, you know, be timely. You know, these are things. And then here's what you need to do with all that. You need to break it down week by week, month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year. You need to break that down and say, okay, what can I do weekly to lose weight so I can have more energy to serve God? You know, what can I do to share the gospel with more people this week so that I can share more people next month, you know? I mean, it's just, you see what I'm saying? You, you break it down and you begin to say, okay, God, I want to be on agenda with you, but you are a man. You are a woman. You are fleshly. And God can do some stupendous things. And God sometimes will let a man preach and 3,000 get saved. We've seen it in the Bible. But sometimes you can go to a field and you can labor three, four, 20, 40 years and not see one convert. Doesn't mean God's not with you. Doesn't mean it's not God's will. Doesn't mean that you're not on the kingdom agenda. But it's all in his timing. But the obedience comes initially, right? It comes first. Are you going to be obedient to him? Folks, I'm convinced if we'll take this next year as individuals, but also as a church, and really, really focus our efforts in 2020 to be on the kingdom agenda, I have no doubt God can do some big things in our lives as followers, but as a church. And I pray to that end. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.